friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love of the Process podcast. We've been married 15 years, 14 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was four, and I'm currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and corporate training team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day, and we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hey friends, thanks so much for being with us today. We're excited to have a guest with us. We have our good friend, Ben Morley, and Ben has extremely interesting history and background and wisdom, and we're so excited to share him with you. Ben, if you could just give us a little introduction into who you are and what you love. Ben's done it all. Thank you so much. Yeah, Ben Morley grew up in uh, Friday Harbor on San Juan Island, off the coast, and then uh, I ended up going to the Air Force Academy, uh, on a football scholarship, played football there, ran track for a couple of years. And then after graduating there, I went to pilot training, got my wings, and uh, I flew out of Northern California first for seven, eight years. And then I transferred up here to the McCord, uh, to McCord, to the Tacoma area, and I flew there for another 20. So I was in the Air Force for a total of 27 years active. Wow. So what's the, what's the mascot of the, in Friday Harbor? What's the, what's the high school? We got the Wolverines, Friday Harbor Wolverines. Yeah, B League school. So <laughs> I think it's A now. So it was small. My class was 36, 12 of us together since preschool. So small town. And wow. you played, so you, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Air Force is the Falcons. Falcons, you got it. Come on. I, we, we went to Air Force Academy actually and play and got a tour uh, and watched practice one day. Uh, we were playing, uh, Bothell was playing uh, Legacy uh, just outside of Denver. And, and I want to say Broomfield, Colorado, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And man, it was fun watching you guys practice. And we got, our coach made sure we were there at high noon. Because at high noon, everybody stops. And what happens? You do that. They do the, the national anthem, right? Yeah. And the noon meal formation, you get the march to lunch. And the march to lunch. Yeah. And the chapel was amazing mm-hmm. uh really cool setting and uh so yeah that's my you know i got a shirt i got a i got an under armor air force falcon shirt and i wear it proudly so that's very cool and yeah. 28 years of flying mm-hmm. yes yeah anything from uh premature babies to classified cargo to live animals to the president's limousine uh you see things on the news and we're there and we're doing it yeah all day uh, earthquakes, tsunamis, natural disasters, humanitarian needs were there. We've done it. It's been great. The big planes. Big planes. Yeah, I chose the big planes. I chose that mission. So you go with four, five, six, seven of your friends, go all over the world. We'll go to Japan this week. We'll go to Germany next week. So, so like what are the C-17? Is that one of yeah. the bigger ones? Yes. Yeah. Big. Yep. C-17, four engine heavy jet transport carries everything. Um, it's a big movie star now. If you've seen Mission Impossible, James Bond, Transformers, it's in all those movies. So yeah. <laughs> so what a great what so so the so our government trusts you, trusted you for, for nearly 28 years to to fly these things. What is one of those things cost? I've um, seen they're massive. I think on eBay, you can probably get it for around $230 million. Can't get on an eBay, but yeah, so it's about yeah. <laughs> 230 give or take 230 million bucks one engine's worth four million dollars last i'd heard one who, engine makes, who makes the engine ge 
Uh, these were Pratt and Whitney's. So yeah, 4 million a pop and you got four of them. So yeah, I trust a bunch of <laughs> snot-nosed kids out there that are just learning how to balance a checkbook and we're flying these jets all over the world. Pretty crazy. So I've been needing you on a call because I've been thinking this. We've been <laughs> flying a lot more uh, lately as things are opening up and you know, when you take a little break from something, then you get on, you get back to it. And you're kind of like, oh, this is cool. We're doing this again. And so we we're flying from uh, Florida. We flew back a couple of days ago. And I was thinking to myself, these are pretty big planes. I think we we're on a 777. And, and so they've got one engine on the right and one engine on the left. Is it so if one of those things doesn't work, the plane still flies on, right? Yeah, pretty easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why there's two. Yeah. For that yeah. particular reason, the technology is so good right now that you see most of the airliners have two engines. You know, one with I flew an older legacy plane where one engine on a current airliner is worth like two or three engines on the old aircraft I flew. The technology is that good. So that's my other question. Yeah. So if you only got one, it's kind of like when I've, I've ridden in a seaplane. I'm like, ah, we got one guy here. I like the co-pilot system, you know. Jimmy's not feeling so well. Mikey will fly the plane. You know, Mikey's not feeling so well. Jimmy will fly the plane. Yeah, like, good. So, like, if you have one engine and it fails, let's just use that word. Right. Is there a way down safely? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With one engine. Yeah. You bet. No, you no, can. no. If if the if yep. the if the engine that there's only one. So let's say there's only one on the one engine plane and it fails. Is there a way down safely? Oh, you're talking pilot. I'm talking everybody on board. Yeah. You mean the engine? Yeah, yeah. So if the engine fails, like and there's only yes. one, there's only one engine, like in one fails. of the one engine planes, and the engine fails. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah, you got the left engine goes out. You got the right engine. You're fine. Yeah, I'll be good. We're and then probably. What if, both go what if they both go out? Well, they become a glider, and then things get real quiet. So. <laughs> you can glide. Can you? That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Seven 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 onto uh, the freeway, or whatever. Sure. Yeah, I think if both engines go out, you're gonna you'll be finding a place to land sooner rather than later. <laughs> but, uh, yes. like, all right. So yeah, what's gonna happen to us? So we're landing in SeaTac. Okay. On Saturday. Saturday night. Uh, yes. I won't name the airline. Doesn't matter. So we're okay. landing on a commercial airline, and we get really close to the runway, and everybody's like, oh, "Okay, we're almost down." And da -da -da. and then then he hit. Then you're kind of going slower, 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 and then the throttle gets hit and we start going back up and my kids are like hey it's like a roller coaster we got the whole we had four kids like we say on the podcast we have a whole row on one of these planes okay it's the file row it's awesome people are like man hey, that's a lot of people so um but the plane comes back up and the kids are like oh it's like a roller coaster like in disneyland and i'm thinking no 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 i don't i don't think it is that's like that's not normal and so he doesn't say anything for a little while, but then we start to circle around and he said, the pilot gets on the, the, the mic and says that fog rolled in right as they're about to touch down and they didn't have a clear path. And I'm like, how often does that happen? How, how many times in 27 years have you been 200 feet off the deck and then said, well, we got to get back up. There's been I mean, a few you're times. Not training. Yeah. A few times operationally. Yes. But just a few, though. It's not that common. No, it's not that common. But okay. with them, obviously, we need we have visual criteria. We have certain weather criteria where we can, number one, start the approach. Number two, continue the approach. And then if they had the fog blow in, okay, weather went, it's called weather went below minimums. 
And so if I don't have the safe landing environment, I don't have the runway environment in sight, I am forced to go around. And so that's what he did was he did a go around. That's what, that, well, that's kind of what he described, right? Yep. He's yeah, he just said it, yeah. it wasn't his, his original landing plan. And so mm -hmm. he had to do a new landing plan. And <laughs> so he came back around to start yep. Yeah. And then it, it happened fine the next time, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've, I've, I've done that. It, the weather's been really skosh and really tight. And I mean, one of the times I landed, I just, just had the runway lights. We landed, but it was so foggy. I couldn't taxi off the runway and tower couldn't see us either. So we were wow. down at McCord. I'm stopped on the runway. I can't see my wingtips towers over there. They can't see me. I'm like, I'm not taxing anywhere, bring a truck out. So I had to bring a truck and I had to follow them real closely. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep, so, you got, yeah. I love the process, like. Loving it. Perfect. That's a process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a process. Give us, give us some of your, I mean, I'd love to hear. So I want to get into your coaching. I want to hear contemporary. Mm -hmm. I want to get current, but I'd love to hear like one of your favorite places to, to, to land, you know, like favorite places where you, where you took a plane down. Uh, or landed a plane and then um, maybe another experience of, of just something unexpected that you know you had to follow your you know like you just described like the process you just described is is a process like there's a protocol there's a standard and then you you face things and you decide you know what to do and and there's a there's a path um, yeah and so I, I love pilots my son tiger he's three and he came in the office this morning about 6 30 ready to go this morning and um, he loves planes and he could see them from anywhere. Airplane, daddy, airplane. And I'm like, what? Oh yeah, there is. Um, so, but, I, but I'm curious, yeah. What are some of your learnings from, from your experience in flying? What's cool is it's all a process. I mean, before mm -hmm. we even pull out of the chocks, we have a crew briefing. This is what the takeoff's gonna be. It's a mission overview. We're going from here to there today, but we'll do a takeoff briefing. Or a landing briefing, either way. Hey, we're coming in. We're going to land here. We're, we're get, yeah. Just like with your guys, they, they had a briefing. They come in and you got different weather minimums. We know what's going on here at SeaTac. Hey, it might be a little skosh, okay? But if we get down to this point and I don't have the runway, we've made the decision we're going to go around. So we're mm -hmm. not sitting where they're there with a descent going down toward the ground with a bunch of people in the back looking at each other going, what do we do? Mm. That's kind mm. of metaphorical in life where it kind yeah. of eyes. So... I think for me, one of the coolest places I've been is Antarctica. We have a unique mission here out of, uh, out of Tacoma at McCord Air Force Base, where we support the National Science Foundation. So I've landed in Antarctica on the ice. Wow. And wow. Just landed incredible. On, on an ice airstrip. Yeah. Yep. Glacier runway landed there. Yep. Um, People are thinking on here, how do you get stopped? Yeah, it just rules to us. Yeah, there's a there's enough coefficient of friction on the uh, on on the glacier to bring it to a stop. You don't you just roll forever. You yeah, roll, for roll, a for, roll for a little bit, but we got the thrust reverses, and so that helps us out. You, you don't you don't jam on the brakes and spin the wheel. So yeah, <laughs> you, you're not going to tempt fate. But yeah, it's 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 a nice runway. Just bring it to a stop, and then we slowly turn it around and came back, and then we. Uh, you don't have taxi lines like you normally do at SeaTac, a normal airport. And so what they have is they have, uh, they make mounds of ice or little ice balls, and then they just paint it with fluorescent spray paint. And they make the balls around the corner and you just connect the dots with your nose wheel <laughs> to run over those balls to, to park the aircraft. And so it's a, it's coldest, windiest 
windiest, driest place on earth and to take mm. people down there and to land there. Navigation aids flying down the polar regions. There's different the specific navigation rules and procedures. And so that's a huge process. There's multiple processes layered on processes with temperatures and can we land? Do we need to get out of here? How's the weather? Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of processes. So, so what, what continents have you landed on? All seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, all seven. So yeah. Yeah. Antarctica is pretty cool. So, yeah. what, what, what airport in Africa? Oh my goodness. I was in Rwanda back in 93, 94 with the Hutus and Tutsis back when that was going on. That was pretty interesting. Wow. Um, yep. Been into, um, been into Kenya. Um, yeah. Been to a, a number of different places. Cairo. Yeah. Cairo, Egypt. Uh, Mogadishu. Remember Mogadishu back in the day? Wow. Yep. So, yeah. Really cool. So I'm excited. I mean, I, Ben's resume, he's humble. He's done, he's done a lot. He's helped, he's helping a lot of organization. He's helping a lot of people and, and his, his experience in the, in the air force and the military uh, is awesome. But, you know, I'd love to get contemporary, like start to talk about, you know, I was talking to our team this morning. I said, I said, Martin had a dream. You, you identify the problem, identify the issue, but he had a dream. And like I've been saying in January, it's January 2022. This might be the first time on this podcast. I'm going to call this in right now. This is the roaring 20s. Okay. I know a lot of people out there think I'm crazy. That's okay. I need a few more actually. This is the roaring 20s. This is the, the time of opportunity. If we can come up with a vision and a dream for what's possible and on the back end of, of, of everything that we're, we're going through. That's what I believe that, you know, in the process of that, um, I'm excited to hear kind of some of your thoughts from, from COVID to some of the ways in which, you know, we've addressed as a government, the, you know, the, the contemporary, you know, issues right now in Ukraine and Russia that are happening in real time um, to anything else, you know, to, to goal setting, vision casting, um, both in corporate and in, in families, you have two, two kids, two kids. Yes. 15 and 12, 15 and 12, two girls. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and you guys are homeschooling and we homeschool. Yeah. The girls like to tell you we world school. So as you guys might, oh, we found that's, some world. At, hey. that's at our, so that's at the school that we're going to in Dominican Republic. They yes. call it world school. World school. Yes. What are they learning? So we, we haven't gone the world school route, but we're real close to pulling the trigger on this. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So we're in a, we're in a homeschool co-op. That's great. They meet once a week. And so we're, we're learning this, the logic and Latin and science and biology and math. And, but I've had some great opportunities in the air force where they needed a guy to work in Germany in a non-flying role for uh, four months. Well, now for most guys, it, it sounds great, but it logistically wasn't working for them. Their kids were in public school or the wife was working, but whatever, no, no, no issues. But with us, I was at home, kids are homeschooling, raised my hand. We went to Germany for five months. It's beautiful. Okay. And we've been able to do that a few times. We lived in Spain for four months. We were in France for a month. We've been in New Zealand for two months. And the point of it is it just, it allowed us the flexibility to pull up the metaphorical tent pegs when the call came. When we went to France, I found out on a Wednesday, I volunteered on a Thursday, I flew out on a Saturday and I took a team of people over there I was working with. And then my wife flew with the two kids all the way to Marseille, France, solo to join me. And we had a blast. 
That's awesome. So I, here's my question. Did you always have a vision for this? I did. I really did. I think I didn't have a language for it when I was yeah. younger. To be able to travel was why I chose the mission that I did right. with the aircraft and to have what I like to call pinch me days. Right. Which is like, I can't believe I'm here. And I had a lot of that when I was single. I'm like, hmm. I am in the middle of Tokyo having lunch with a bunch of my knucklehead friends and having a ball. <laughs> or we're riding on a boat in the Mosul River here in Germany or whatever. And so getting married again to be able to have that opportunity to share that with my wife and kids who are kindred spirits who, who like that. Because right? you can take somebody and put that in that position, but they may not, that may not be their love language, yeah. but that it is for them. Hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. You, yeah. You got to get those pieces right. Do you, do you still fly? No, I have my ratings, but not flying currently. Plan to, but not right okay. now. Okay, so you know, I had an, I had a vision. In, Getting in, a PJ? You're gonna, are you gonna get a private jet? Yeah, 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 a little plane. <laughs> yeah, like a Gulfstream 650 ER or 700. No, I've never looked at all like those. So, <laughs> how many of those? Have, is 16 seats? How many seats on the on the first one? Enough to carry all your friends. Yeah, yeah, 16, yeah, 18. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 16, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, looked, I've looked a couple times myself. So, uh, you mean like a Pilatus PC12 with a BT6 engine? No, I've never looked at any of those. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be, yes, you're gonna be my guy to consult with. That's planes awesome. Are, planes are time machines, my friend. Sorry to cut you off, but we have a weekend no. free. We can go to Renton or we can go to Montana go skiing. That's yeah, right. it's, a, it's a time machine. Yeah, right. and it's a you know time is the only you know the great equalizer. Fourteen hundred forty mm -hmm. minutes a day, all of us get the same, and so anytime you can bend time mm -hmm. uh, and be in the time machine like you just described mm -hmm. and go, I love that. I had a vision. I had a dream of the floating insurance center. So when we started the insurance business, 07, like we, I had our accountants do a line item. Now, back then, you had no technology to do it. You know, you, it, it wasn't available. Satellite internet was kind of sort of, but it wasn't readily available at all. And I still remember, you know, and I got to believe that these pinch me moments you have, but a pinch me moment for me, love that term, was when I was crabbing uh, out off of Makotillo on a Tuesday morning and we're soaking pots and I got that little stick that you could put in the side of your laptop. You know, the little, that was the first deal, like the little hotspot deal, the USB thing that went in and it blinked when you had, and you, and I was in, you know, I was in and I was able to work from, so I, that was our first initial floating insurance center. It was like probably 2011. Then I should have bought more Amazon stock when a year later, the crab boxes were failing. And I'm like, Hey, I think you just buy these online now. Eric's like, no, 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 let's go check out. We'll just get it shop. I'm like, no, 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 I'm on my phone, man. I just, I just, I just bought two on Amazon. Let's see what happened. The next day, there's a box at our office and it's on the conference table desk. Got new crab boxes. I'm like, holy cow, <laughs> this is amazing. My point is in, in your vision and your reality, you didn't have language to it, but you had a vision and I had a couple of visions. So my, in, as we look at this decade, I like to look at the horizon of the 20s right now is really what this decade, um, JFK would have said this decade, we're going to get to the moon by at the end of this decade. And uh, we did July of 1969. And it was probably about the 62 when he gave that speech in Dallas uh, or in Texas. But like in this decade, what do you see? What are the things that you're sensing both with your kids and with the community and with COVID and the, the division and some, you know, and, and all those things that are coming at us. A couple of things. That's a good, that's a good setup. 
I think we're in a season of transition. There's, there's five seasons. There's winter, spring, summer, fall, and transition. But we have no language for it. There's no roadmap. And so because we don't have any knowledge of a season of transition, there's no guides who are lost, not knowing what to do. So hence, most of us perform poorly in it. Think of COVID. Think of what's going on. It's a season of transition. So then we experience fear, or disorientation, or pain, or negativity. So think, for example, the point of transition of childbirth. I've not had a child, but maybe. The mom experiences pain and panic and fear. The baby does not understand why it's being pushed out of a fantastic place, free food, free water, doing nothing, etc. We know, however, that it needs to get out, to grow, into would be the beginning of life for it. But to the baby, it feels like you're hurting them. The third player is the midwife or the nurse. And they're trained and experienced and know how to guide the mom and the baby. And so the midwife then knows that in a few moments time, the baby will be born and well. So in a season of transition, most of us are the baby or the mom, few of us are the midwife. Mm. We either go through a roller coaster of emotions or panic, or we feel like the situation is hurting us. We mm. seldom think like the midwife or the nurse. And so I think that's where we find ourselves in this season of transition. How are we reframing that? Yeah, and, what a great uh, how, analogy. How to live. So yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think with that is you know, the, the World Economic Forum in 2020 had said that there's three, the three most important skills that are going to be needed, needed in the future are complex problem so solving skills, critical thinking, and creativity. If you have these skills, you are what the world needs for the future. You are who the organizations, the employers are looking for. If you have one or more of these, either personally or professionally, you're aligned for success and prosperity and advancement. Mm. And that ro robots cannot take any of these. They can't take it. You are guaranteed a job or a role for life. And so that's why problem solving is more of an art than a science, because each of these skills is part of a, being a flourishing human. They're not what science will ever be bringing to the table. Mm. So why are they important? Because I think for this season, we, you need these complex problem skills, complex problem solving skills. Where can these be used? Global warming, racism, terrorism, mental health, the pandemic we're still in. All of these are complex problems that are around us and still with us. They all affect us to a certain degree, and especially the pandemic, where the finest minds in the world are struggling to keep up with how to fix it, whatever the side of the argument we're on. But it's a complex problem, meaning it is not a simple problem or an ordinary problem. The world is looking for people that are not intimidated or afraid or shut down or run away from problems of this nature, because far more of these situations are coming our way in our future. Now, I mean complex is that it means it has many different moving parts or components. It's complex means it's confusing, perhaps even contradictory. It is naughty and tangled. That's the nature of what complex means on any of those. And so what the world is looking for from us is the, having the mind develop for complexity rather than be afraid of it. Mm. And so... Mm -hmm. with this as a follow-up because it's complex is that there's the importance 
of nuance. Mm. Nuance is a French word that means shade. So mm. complexity requires both personally and professionally to be comfortable with nuance, to make room for more shades of how to view this particular situation, mm. to accept more takes on this rather than just accepting that ours, mine, is the perspective that we need to default to because sometimes we've been conditioned to think in the past before this complex problem came up that it's my way, but no, it requires nuance. And tyranny is the deliberate removal of nuance. Tyranny is the deliberate removal of nuance. So when I deny you a shade different to mine, when I die, deny you a perspective and opinion that I am already showing that I am not able to be part of a complex problem solving solution because I am too narrow-minded and too married and too stuck with the way that I see things if yeah. I cannot. And so as an example of it is, do you like the color green? If so. No. <laughs> <laughs> the ducks. <laughs> the ducks. And in fact, I even gave them that much money time. Green. Money's green. I like that. Nowadays, it's on. It's you know, it's online. But yes, yes, just kidding, just kidding. No, 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 no. It's Oregon, great. the state of Oregon. You like the state, state of Oregon? Oregon. Yes. Microsoft interview question. I'm like, if you could eliminate any state, actually, Microsoft asked a new nuanced question in one of their interview uh, deals, and it's if you could remove any, if you had to remove actually any state in the union, which one would it be and why? And they're looking for what you're talking about. They're looking for a. They're looking for nuanced thinking. They're looking for interesting thinking. Like you have to pick one. Why? I'm like Oregon. I like to pump my gas. <laughs> Simple. That's mine. I mean, I've, they didn't hire me. I didn't apply. <laughs> they might not. But anyway, so yeah, I love what you're saying. So, so how do you train? So, so that's the future, right? Right. What is the educational system? that we can individually put ourselves in? What processes do we, would you suggest that we put ourselves in to prepare ourselves to be uh, the best problem solver, critical thinkers, and creative-minded humans that we can? I think by understanding our predispositions that sometimes we're blind to, so like with this color green, if I just metaphorically asked, do you like it? And I'll show you why I ask you, because then I can say, if so, which, which one do you like? Because I discovered there's nearly 300 shades of green. Who knew? There are multiple shades of lime green, and there's many green greens. And of, even though all these green greens go with the same name, they're still different. Keeping trail and business. <laughs> there's a shade between them, right? And then, so when I ask you if you like green, you might say yes, but then I'm justified to ask you which one. But you don't know what I mean because you don't know, like I didn't know, that there's only 300 shades of them. And then we, we looked at how eyes uh, start looking at pigment and uh, rods and cones and that. There could be 10 million different colors in the total spectrum. So do you remember on the internet, is the dress white and gold or is the dress blue and black? Mm-hmm. And those that saw it one way could not believe that the other <laughs> side, how could you not say it meant that your eye receptors saw colors that were different from somebody else's eye. And this is what I mean by complex problem solving for us, for our kids, is that it requires us to be willing to see a shade different than the next person without mm. going to war 
over whose shade of green is right. Mm. That is what the world has gotten into over racism and so on and any other topic, that we are right and you are wrong and the world has never been more divided than it is now because we have robbed people of nuance. Mm. We have said that you cannot have a shade different than mine and that therefore you do not have a place at my table, you do not have a voice in society or in my life, my organization, my church or whatever. Because we have been forced We've been forcing people to choose the green that we have said is the right one. And when you are married to that kind of mindset, you entrench yourself into your shade of green, thereby you are unable to be a complex problem-solving person, business, or organization. And the end is near. And the end is there. However, comma, those who will emerge and are emerging in society as winners and leaders and heroes in the future are the people and organizations who are complex problem-solvers and it become that over time. So yeah, that would be uh, which the will replace priority. which will replace the um, the extinction uh, those that go extinct thinking the way that you describe. And so with kids, um, mm. so we're, as we consider and contemplate the homeschool world school, I love the world school idea. Mm. Um, we have traveled a lot. Our kids are very very agile. As it, yours must be, we should get them together. It'll be awesome um, for dinner and traveling but is that i've thought of four roles that i think that i would want to play in this so adrian likely would be the teacher okay she was during the, the when the pandemic hit he went to zoom four weeks in we're like pulled the plug on zoom adrian's the teacher and i did a few things like financial about money monday so we did we did a money monday um learn to learn was the topic that i was teaching them so it's basically leadership but learn to learn this idea of the growth mindset uh, this idea of trying to trying to reverse engineer compound ignorance is what I would describe what you're talking about the problem being compound ignorance like that I don't know what I don't know and, and that, you're not willing to look and, and I'm not willing to take a peek right yes and I'm not willing to take a peek correct and, and I'm good not knowing what I don't know mm-hmm. like that 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 um, that level of arrogance mm-hmm. um, I've heard, yeah that I feel like that comment has come up a lot that that's the level of comfort that they want to have I, yeah. I want to be comfortable I'm not willing to look yeah and this is just the way it is it's just the protocol it's how we do it it's the way it's done it's how it's supposed to be done I was just yesterday with a, a leader uh, over 11 countries in Africa at breakfast took him to the airport and um, what he said that I thought was so great was he talked about the the ability for me to see outside of protocols. He could recognize my creativity or my ability to see outside of typical protocols to accomplish far more potentially than what we've been able to accomplish with the current protocols. And and I think that that hit me a lot because one, I, I think he's right that I, that, that I, I do for whatever reason, like to notice and look at things like that. But number two, the partnership between different mindsets, you know, when there's a clear North, right? And so I'm back now to the dream, right? That my kids could play and that they would be able to not be judged by the content of their, their color of their skin, but the content of the character, right? Like, like the, if we have a North, if we have a vision, if we have a unified idea, that's yeah. what, frankly love the process is, yeah. is an idea. Like it's, right. an, it's like, just do it, the United States of America, et cetera. But then from the idea, we have to have this nuanced thinking. Right. 
yes. in this conversation to, to, to decide how do we how do we achieve that possibility? And that's that's fantastic. To have a goal is great, but a goal is not a plan. Right. A goal needs a plan. Mike Tyson famously had said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. so when he had an opponent it was jaw jacking over the press and saying i'm going to knock him out in round five that my friend is a goal that's not a plan right there's a difference and so as we go forward in life a goal needs a plan (laughs) yeah and this is where it can get messed up there can be a huge misunderstanding of this yeah is that the marines and the navy seals say that the first thing that dies in combat is your plan Right, quick. Right. <laughs> and so and, we got to never yeah. mistake a goal for a plan. Yeah. You know, many of us, 2020, 2021, dreams, desires, callings, all of these aspirations before the pandemic. And then we all metaphorically got punched in the face. <clears throat> so we need to understand <laughs> what we need to understand is that we didn't have a plan in the first place. There were simply goals, dreams, desires, and so on. Because if it was a plan, then it would have had a plan to get hit in the face, incorporated into it to some degree. Now, I probably, you know, nobody saw the size of the pandemic coming, but great planning yeah. anticipates the metaphorical punch. Yeah. And our org, so, so just to give that in a micro and it's, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking, you know, not thousands of people, not hundreds, double digits, but in our orgs, I, I consistently say it's supposed to be hard. Like, it, like, like I anticipate and we, as a way we think, we actually, uh, you know, I, I hate to even put this on the air, but I actually have believed and I've seen it over almost two decades. We get better in these seasons. Like our or small, but again, they're smaller, they're, 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 they're agile, they're, but, and I, and part of it, I think is, is maybe my story personally, I was a ward of the corner of seven. I was punched in the face very young. I fell out of a car four miles, four years old at 40 miles an hour. My first childhood memory, you know, dad left when I was very young. Mother was in and out of the psych ward my whole life. I've been in a lot of psych wards. You talk about mental health, visiting mom, working with their team, trying to, trying to keep her in there to get stabilized and then get her transition back into her house multiple times. It's such a blessing. It's been such a blessing because my mind has been naturally uh, weaponized, if you will, to expect a punch, right? To expect the punch. And then to your point, if we've got a plan, the plan goes out the window when we get punched. You know, we can have hypos and we can have spreadsheets and we can have ideas and we can have ways and possibilities and this is our target and our goal, like you said, but in absence of a plan, it's, it's meaningless but then once you put a plan in place and you start to execute it on the plan what i like saying i don't know what yours what you would say but my idea of nuanced thinking in this particular scenario and it's in the book that's coming out in the spring a little shameless plug for love the process um is be flexible to the route right be flexible to the route the goal is the goal right and if it's an infinite goal like one of our infinite goals is the elimination of unnecessary human suffering. The elimination of unnecessary human suffering. That's a nearly infinite goal, but it's the goal. Wow. And yeah. so 
when, and, and we didn't come over that overnight. We had a group of people who thought on it. So it's been contributed to by, by many more people than just Adrian and I. And so like it, when we launched ProStar to this point, we're in the business of making people stay. That's what we do. So actually when a, something difficult happens like a recession that we, that we went through or like this pandemic or some other difficulty in somebody's life within our organization or somebody that is a customer or client or partner of ours, like we just had uh, one of our partner's wives ring the cancer-free bell, thank God, right? And wow. so this year we, we journeyed with that and we yeah. celebrated over a meal, but that's because that's who we are. Yeah. So it does. So what the circumstances in that paradigm are much more easy to navigate. And so what I'm saying, Ben, is I do believe the paradigm for my kids of learning to love the process is a is a not is a paradigm mm -hmm. that allows them to see potentially more shades of green. Mm -hmm. Well said. Exactly. Potentially. Cause I'm I with you and I, I, I you know, I, I think that is part of our issue. So I'd be curious, like if you, you know, you know, what would be, cause to go on a fight is pretty straightforward. Win the fight. I love sports cause there's clear, there are clear outcomes in sports. You're, you're in the U S military. Go on the war is, is at the highest level pretty well defined. Yeah. Right. It, it, exactly. And it's, it's understanding as we go forward with what we want to do is not mistaking the enthusiasm, the excitement, the passion, the conviction, the desire for a plan. It's not a plan. Right. We don't even mistake clarity about the vision of the goal for a plan. It's not a plan either. When it comes to dreams and goals, there can be far too much emphasis is placed on visualizing Oz rather than on designing and constructing the yellow brick road. Mm. So in creativity, my question would be, and I, because I, I, there's theories and there's practicing, there's practicing and there's theory, and I've always, I've, I've kind of believed it, trying to marry them both, right? Trying to marry them both. The, the, the theoretic kind of the, the, the visual, where could we go? It's a, you know, kind of theoretical, and then the practitioner of the planning, the execution, the strategic initiatives, the who, the what's, the where's, etc. Like the marrying of those things. And so like, but in this scenario, and I agree with you completely, the creative intelligence though, doesn't it start in the mind? Like all things that are, I mean, now maybe it's just the physical world. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just spitfire. I, I, I'm not just thinking out loud, but they thoughts certainly become things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like somebody, they, 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 this love the process on behind me. Like they were like, Oh, we got a surprise for you. You know, and somebody thought it Then somebody researched it. So there's your planning and execution. Somebody researched it, went online. Hey, where do we get one of these? I came sure. back from a trip. They're like, Hey, don't look yet. Don't go in there. Right. You know? So then it's even, they want a surprise, you know, and I come in and it's like, boom, there it is. Yep. That's awesome. And everybody's excited. Right. Now, that's a very small idea, but you know, landing in Antarctica mm -hmm. or in combat. Somebody had a thought like because yeah. at some point previously, the thought was NFW, I like to say, which you guys can figure out what that means. No way. I'll give you the first one. No way. You figure out the F. But NFW, you're like, 
Ain't no way we could land. But somebody thought at some point, and then a plan was created, and probably trials and run-throughs and briefings, you call them. Like so, but in this in this interpersonal situations that we're talking about, because that's just you still need people, but in this interpersonal world of powers and tyranny and the elimination of listening to you and the canceling of you if you don't agree with me, not there's not room at the table for you if that's you what you believe or what you do or your skin color or your religious or who you voted for or whatever. How where do we go? Because I love yeah. your thinking. If so, yeah. where where's the first step? So if if we're creating a plan today, what's the first step? Plans are great. <clears throat> I think it's number one is having that goal. Number two is making that plan. But the real superpower you can wield is the act of planning. Having a plan sets you apart. Practicing planning is where the real gold is. Yeah. Where the real gold is. You know, we. We talk about from the Bible story of Joseph, many of us talk about he was a dreamer, but there's not been a whole lot of talk about Joseph, the planner. If you remember <clears throat> dreaming himself into the engine, he just dreamed himself and he is there, prime minister of Egypt, not necessarily when he got into second command in Egypt, he was not just able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams dreams joseph also provided a 14-year economic plan for the company for the country so in front of all pharaoh's great and powerful members of the room in front of his great military leaders joseph as you remember newly arrived from jail not only was brilliant in his spiritual insight gifting but he was also genius because he said i've got an idea in the seven years of plenty we should store up and stockpile the grain because our crops are providing more than enough for us but when the next seven years of famine come, we can feed our own people. We can go into the export business globally because we have more grain than anybody else because we had the sense to plan ahead. So when mm. Pharaoh heard that, he's like, he's my guy. Because it was a combination of having a dream, a goal, and a plan that made Joseph attractive to someone. So when a dreamer speaks about Joseph, there can be a tendency to bypass the planning bit, but the planning is important. The planning is really important. It's great. Goals are great, but they're ephemeral. Yeah, they're a wisp. Goals a wisp. A plan's great, but the plan from two years ago is outdated and obsolete. Planning. Planning is what we need. That's a great word. Yeah, great word. And the, and the ability to see around further around the corner. I mean, it's that 14 years in that particular case. Um, you know, our kids' yeah. kids. You know, I, was, mm -hmm. I talk a lot about our kids' kids. Um, yeah, I mean, the word planning puts it into the today, mm -hmm. the right now, the, yep. the mm -hmm. moment, so that yesterday, the plan from yesterday isn't necessarily the same as what needs to be planning, what we need to be working on today. Right. So that really and makes I, it current. I, I had that on a mission. I was flying another mission. I was in Italy, and we were on a normal issue. We're going somewhere else, and these guys approached us in base operations and said, come with us. Okay. So we get in the bus and we go across the tarmac to another building, another hangar, far away from anybody else. And we got a special briefing. It goes, you guys are going to be doing this. And it was upstairs, 
separated from anybody else to go, we got this mission, it's classified. You need to go pick these guys up and you need to go now. So we were ripped off of our normal mission mm. and you're like, here's your mission planning stuff. You can take a look at it. It was a completely different country we we're going mm. to. All mm. right. And so, and it's at night, like, okay, this is real. So obviously the goal is complete the mission. Now we need to plan it. So we planned it and we were flying into a country that we were not in yet. <clears throat> so <laughs> if you get what That's, I'm saying. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so we yeah. had to go in and it's at night and the uh, runway was in between, it was in a valley in between some hills and mountainous terrain. And it was real dimly lit. And we uh, had not been trained up in night vision goggles yet to use in our aircraft. We do now. We use helmets where we have our nogs or night vision goggles. And so we didn't have it yet. And so I can see the runway down there, but there's a whole lot of, you know, dark, there's terrain I know in between us because the chart says so, but I can't see it. And that can be a visual illusion, right? You can be out in the boat heading for the dock, but you can't see the the piers, right? And the all the logs in between you. So it's that sort of a thing, but I knew it was out there. And so I had a ground guy in the back who had his ground security forces guy that had his night vision goggles, ground guy. Trust, there's a whole certification process for pilots and for aircrew to be trained and go off. I was like, bring the guy up. He brought his night vision goggles up, like, give them to me. How do I work it? Okay, boom, I got it. So I'm using this ground guy's night vision goggles and I'm talking through my pilot who's flying. So I'm giving him assistance looking through. So now I can look through the HUD, the heads up display, and I'm talking him down. And so everything was good. But that was a way to work the process. And like what you said, getting outside of protocol. Was there a protocol for that? No. Right. No. But did we solve it? Sure, we did. <laughs> and, and so there's a mindset. Mm. You know, the guy, the same guy I was talking about that breakfast with, I was in Uganda 10, 10 weeks ago or so, and I, and I spoke in, for a little while and trained and stuff. And, and I got up doing that and people really enjoyed what I'd say, et cetera. But that's not the point. The point is he said, you know, John, well, I, I, I like it when people <laughs> listen from time to time. They're like, yeah, this might work. Let's try it. So don't trust me, test me, right? Uh, but they... He said, you know, we think so often we need resources from the West or we need resources, this and that and the other. He goes, no, no, no. The most important thing we need to do right now in Africa, in Africa is fix our broken mindset. Yes. And so there's a mindset you're talking about. So I was remember watching the documentary on the, the SEAL team that went and executed the mission on a raid on Osama bin Laden's compound in Pakistan. Mm. And and I really, I want to say basically, and they did a ton of planning. They did a ton of fast ripping. They did a ton of things to try to prepare and they're the best pilots in the world. And they had some of the most combat, you know, trained mm -hmm. SEAL team mm -hmm. soldiers that were tapped just like you were on that mission. Hey, here's the, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We, we're pretty sure we got them. Mm -hmm. And, and then the execution though, of that plan, he goes, nothing one of the seals was, was interviewed said nothing on that mission virtually went according to plan mm -hmm. with the exception we eliminated the target and we all got home safely mm -hmm. like so it's it's it, you know they they crash land a helicopter mm -hmm. you know, at the beginning and and you've mm -hmm. probably studied it and seen it and and it, it and that hit me though because we had uh, a former navy seal on our podcast uh charles crouch uh, not that long ago, who served six years, I want to say two different tours or maybe three over in Afghanistan and 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 had some really tough days in 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 that in those fights. But he said that the qualification process 
becoming, you know, a, a SEAL and I assume a Ranger or some of these spec ops, you know, soldiers who is, is a, it's not that they build you up during buds. It's that they identify you. And so you either have a quality in you that is able to push through so much difficulty, so many punches in the face, so many withstand the pain or you don't. And, and I asked him, is there one thing that you could point to that you see as a common thread between those that don't ring the bell and those that do? And those that ring the bell, obviously, they they disqualify themselves from, from um, making it or whatever. And so he says, pretty much across the board, those that make it, that become SEALs, they can identify one, if, it, if at least one, very difficult thing in their life that they got through. And so the hope that I have for this pandemic is that we all now, everybody can identify with one thing that we got through, right? That everybody, it's been a long, long time that the entire globe has endured a common conflict, common difficulty, right? And so that's my big hope. I'm always looking for the hope. Uh, and, and I would be curious to hear, but, you know, like that idea of we got through this, we can get through anything. And that's, that's, but that's the mindset of what you're talking about. And I'm telling you, Ben, not everybody has that mindset. Hey, we can fly in Antarctica. They're going to have little gold balls and, you know, you'll be able to see and maybe you won't and you'll mm -hmm. use what you can and you'll find a way and you'll have a plan, but then you throw it out the window as soon as right. you, because things change. 7.7 .7 plus billion people on the planet. A friend of mine suggests that a single digit percentage of us across the globe possess the mindset that you do. Well, thank you. Find a way mindset. It's reciprocated. And that, thank you, I think for all of us here, because of how you choose to live. Um, and, and, and I would say, uh, it's it's reframing your situation from why to what now. Mm. Why did fill in the blank? Mm. Why did Grandpa drink so much? Why did um, I not get that job? Why did this happen? Why that? And it's the answer is I don't know. And each one of us, everybody listening, yeah. has had a why <laughs> moment. You tell me. Maybe we'll right. be surprised together. Right. Yeah. All of us can go around the room on a why moment. It's mm, good, but we may not have the answers now, and it might not ever come. But it's to reframe it into what now. Mm. So, for your friend Charles Crouch, I would say an overarching with the seals is what now. Mm. We lost an aircraft. What now? Mm. And so, I think with us, mm. with with flying, I I shut down a number of engines. You know, just mm. most of them precautionary and different emergencies that you have. Everything in life. What now? Mm. What now the job didn't come through the test is positive it's not in remission um i got the promotion right yeah it goes yeah. it goes both ways we're yeah. going to we're going to dom rep what now right it's a it's good it you gotta write ways. this book man <laughs> <laughs> so so what, I, now? what now it's what now and so i think that helps us out with understanding is this a problem to solve or attention to manage mm. Mm. 
Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Problems are solvable and you know it was a problem and not a risk or attention because your solution stopped it, changed it, or fixed it. To mm. determine it is not a problem, but rather a risk, is when you throw your best efforts to fix it, but it does not go away. It does not get better. It just keeps plaguing you and keeps coming back every other week. It comes get up worse. discussions. Right. It's just as a life of its own. That's because it is telling you, I am not a problem to solve. I am a risk that you can only manage. So wow. some of these risks you may have to manage for your lifetime of your business or your organization. Some of these risks are occasionally personality clashes between the people on you and your staff. Some may be creative issues where we have differences in how we think or how we think things should be done. Sometimes the risk can be between an idea you have and the lack of resources you have access to in order to make that idea happen. Risks can be external that you have no control over, government policies, financial interest rates, these things can really throw a wrench in your operations. Fascinating. This is why they pay Ben all the money <laughs> to, to, to help consult and navigate. Because every, I, I believe one of the I believe everybody needs a coach. I mean, that's why you're on here. You know, we we don't do I don't do coaching very rarely. Uh, ben is a coach. Uh, I believe everybody needs a coach. Uh, you, you know, mm. it's very difficult to plan um, on your own. You know, you can, but a lot of times you need somebody in your corner who can, who can help you in that process. And, and Ben is, Ben is a guy who's got a proven track record of doing that. Well, and I think especially in the idea of practicing planning. Yeah. And um, that's a skill that you need to work on. Ben's your guy. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> ben, this is awesome. We really appreciate this conversation. It's been we have, yeah, John took a lot of notes. Okay. <laughs> I don't normally take this many. He says that a lot. <laughs> I don't, I actually, it's like, I, I mean. He's got lots of circles, exclamation points, underlines, boxes. Love it. We love it. This is an awesome conversation. It's my pleasure. Hey, Ben, yeah. if you, so if you had one thing you wanted to share um, with our audience, what would it be? One thing you want to make sure they know. Surround yourself with the same people, with the people that think the way you do, that the voices that you hear, listen to the voices that validate who you are, that you are not crazy, you're not wrong, you are not out of line, and to follow through with that strong inner voice and to find your tribe that supports that on your way there, to press into the true person who you are mm. um, ego is identity's bodyguard mm. ego will tell you don't do that you can't be the dancer the painter the artist you can't you can't write that book mm. because but ego is protecting a false identity that was presented to us by our our family our corporation our job whatever press through that dismantle the ego, press into who you are and surround yourself with those people and you'll be successful and follow the process. I love that. That's awesome. Ben, if people have questions for you or would like to reach out to you, how can they reach you? You can visit my website at benmorley.com. 
Uh, I can be reached on uh, Instagram at uh, Ben Morley two, the number two, Ben Morley two. It's M O R L E Y. Yes. M O R L E Y. And then um, I can be emailed Ben at Ben Morley.net. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ben. So good. Thanks, Ben. Thank you guys. Great to be with you. My pleasure. Take care. Best to Bye. you. Bye.